Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver. And today with me, I have John Fuller. And John has his own podcast, which I'm going to have him tell you a little bit about. And he's an entrepreneur. John, welcome. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm excited to be here, dude. I'm always excited to blab. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I was on John's uh, podcast and it was great. I love your podcast. I want you to tell the audience about it. But first, tell us a little bit about you and your family and uh, what you're all about. Yeah, man. Uh, I am going into my 40s. I have three kids. I say going into my 40s. I am 40, so I'm lying already. Gosh. <laughs> um, I have three kids. I got a 19, 17, uh, and 15-year-old. I've been married for 21 years. I've been with my wife for 22. Um, also, the hardest and best thing that's ever happened to me at the same time is marriage. Um, we have been in business for ourselves, uh, for 20 years since we got married and, um, man, that's about it. Done a lot of different things. Uh, I've done yeah. a lot of real estate, construction, distribution company. Uh, my wife has a fitness business. Uh, we have kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything, learned a lot, failed a lot and got a couple successes. So what stands out to me there, John, is that you guys met in high school, right? It sounds like. Yeah, kind of. So um, actually, we met in college. It would have been okay. my wife's freshman year. So she was just out. She was, uh, we actually got married when she was 18 or 19. I got, I, I think <laughs> 18 or 19. It's been a while. But uh, I was a sophomore in college. She was a freshman. And uh, honestly, man, she was so hot then. I was like, dude, I don't even have a chance because all the older upperclassmen in the dorm were trying to hit on her. And I was just, yeah. you know, just, just, guy that's sophomore and and I thought man I don't stand a chance and um, she didn't like any of us actually she thought we were all annoying football players <laughs> and uh, and actually she said <laughs> funny story she said she really didn't like me when she first met me and uh, <laughs> I literally pursued her for oh my gosh months and every time she would set a date with me she would stand me up and this went on for like three months so finally I was like here's the deal I'm whatever you're doing. So she's like, well, I'm going to go do laundry today. I was like, great. I'll go do laundry with you. And yeah. uh, so I went and did laundry or, or she'd say, I'm going to go do, um, jazzercise or something like that. I can't remember what I did. Yeah. I signed up for a class that was terrible. But anyways, I just pursued her and, and that's how I actually ended up <laughs> I won her heart over. Well, you know, what's funny is that's how you get things in life, right? Decide what's the ultimate success formula. The first thing you do is decide what you want. You decided you, you wanted her, right? And then you take massive action. And then the things that don't work, you change them. You know, it's, it's not. And so what you did is, well, I'm asking her out. That's not working. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to do jazzercise and I'm going to do laundry and I'm going to do whatever it takes, right? <laughs> That's right, man. You just set your mind to it and go for it. That's right. It's, you know, there, there's a formula to success and success leaves clues. So you've been in business for 20 years. So, you know, where did that entrepreneurial spirit come from? Is it from your family or from her family or... 
Yeah, it'd definitely be from uh, all uh, my dad um, has had several different companies. Um, and then also my grandma, uh, my, I come from a family of very hard workers. Everybody works really hard. So does my wife's family as well. But uh, every that was one thing that my dad always instilled in me was hard work. His granddad uh, did that for him. And uh, my grandma owns a very successful uh, bar and stuff over in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, mm. Uh, that I don't, I'm actually the only one in the family that doesn't have anything to do with it. But, uh, mm. my dad, uh, ha- has had multiple businesses. So it was just always kind of instilled in me, but actually my first business was probably in fifth grade, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to make money. So I went house to house washing cars and I would just ask the neighbors, Hey, can I wash your car for $3? And um, I would talk to them and I would wash it right there on the spot. I brought a bucket, two sponges and some soap and I would wash their cars. Well, then I, I hired a friend of mine. I said, Hey, do you want to do it with me? And I'll never forget. He got mad because I said, I'll give you a dollar. I'll keep $2. You get a dollar. And he felt like that wasn't fair. And, uh, and I remember even thinking then I was like, how's that not fair? Like, this is my thing. I'm doing the talking. I'm talking to people, my idea. And I worked hard. It wasn't like he did all the work. And, uh, but anyways, I paid him a dollar, I made two bucks, but that's how I made money was going around and I'd wash people's cars. Uh, that was my first business. And then, uh, even younger than that, I sold wire bracelets in elementary school. And then, uh, this side note. So since then, just be clear, I've gotten saved. I've gotten rid of my evil ways. And I say that with some laughter, but, uh, even, even through seventh, eighth, ninth grade, when I went through some really hard years, um, you know, I dealt drugs. So, I mean, it's one of those things that like, I I always laugh. I say, man, if you can convert a drug dealer, uh, he's got an entrepreneurial spirit. He's just using a God given gift in a very, uh, uh, unworthy or, um, unrighteous way. And and I say that maybe as for some guests or not, I I always laugh about it, but I mean, if it's in you, it's in you and it's going to come out one way or another. But um, yeah, I've always just kind of had a, a side hustle for like, man, if you're going to get ahead, then um, yeah. you're going to have to make money. So, you know, what's really cool about what you just said when uh, when my son Tanner, I think he was 14 or 15. And um, we had the, we were living in Colorado. and We had this um, golf club that we belonged to. And uh, Tanner and I had this idea that everybody comes and plays golf on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And we, we were, um, we would walk, you know, Tanner would wash their car while they were playing golf and the club would bill them, you know, that makes it really easy. Right. And the club would get 20%. So, you know, back to your ratio for your, for your guy, they were getting 20%. Tanner would wash their car and he was, he was making a killing because we were charging thirty dollars, by the way, to nice. wash your car. Yeah, you know, hand washed. This is uh, about fifteen years ago, and uh, it worked out really well. And until Tanner said, "Well, wait a minute, I'm going to get my buddies. I'll just do the selling, and I'll get my buddies to clean the cars." Well, they weren't as good at cleaning the cars, yep. and so there was some. You know, he learned very early on that uh, you know employees um, can be can be a, a downfall. So, uh, it's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny that you got started doing that because I, I had these visions of, I can take all these athletes that don't have much time to work 
especially during the week, right? And they could work on a Saturday and Sunday morning for four hours or so, and they could make a ton of money. People would line their cars up and every week they would get it done. You know, we could, we could place these athletes and maybe something like uh, through FCA or something, you know, get these kids out there doing, um, you know, doing this, but you know, I just didn't have time to really grow it the way that it could have been a, a real service, but, uh, we all got lots of ideas, more, more ideas than we got time. That's right. So, you know, having that confidence to be in business for yourself, obviously it was instilled in you very early on. And, you know, that's really a gift because a lot of people, I mean, so many people that I talk to and that are great entrepreneurs now, they had to be kind of that wage earner first. Like they needed that safety and their, and their parents were telling them, go to school, get a job, you know, that you want a job, you want security, you want safety. And then they have a really hard time breaking out of that to, to get away from the herd. Um, you know, you kind of had that gift from your family and just your God-given talents from really early on. So tell us like, you know, you, you said something really key is, you know, I failed, you know, I believe people fail their way to the top, right? Oh, yeah. Is if you don't fail, then you're never going to be stretched or anything else. But, you know, what, you know, did you ever have that fear of failure or fear of success that, that, uh, hurts so many people? Oh yeah, for sure. So when, um, so I told you, I met my wife, my sophomore year and I was playing football. She was Miss new or not sorry. She was runner up at Miss New Mexico. She was about to go the following year to be Miss New Mexico. Long story short, we ended up getting married my junior, uh, my between my sophomore and junior year in college. Yep. And I drop out of school because her pageant mom uh, knew of a business that was going up for sales, a health food store at the time. Uh, I sold supplements out of my dorm to make side money. And when I wow. say supplements, I was selling like um, EAS was big then, creatine, protein, stuff like that. Uh, they were still uh, not regulated within college. So we athletes could take all that stuff. And I was selling that stuff to make side money. And um, this store went up for sale and it was failing and the lady wanted out of it. And, um, she, uh, long story. Or, well, another part of the story is I had went in a couple weeks before to the bank to get my first job working for the bank. And I filled in my application. Everything went really well. What was funny is that, like a month or a couple weeks later, I go back into the bank asking for a loan. So no longer was I asking for a job. I was asking for a loan. I was broke, had no money, no experience. And I'm asking the VP of the bank, uh, for a $20,000 loan to buy this business. And there was about uh, $20,000-ish of inventory. And obviously, he wanted collateral. So yep. I worked to deal with my dad. I bought a Jeep from my dad to make payments, but he loaned me the title, used the title as the down payment on this business, uh, bought this business. Now, the lady did not have time to help me. So I worked for free for two weeks inside of this business to kind of understand the ropes. I would get one employee with it to knew everything and literally jumped in two feet first to a business that uh, we had a lunch counter, supplement counter. It was basically like a GNC and then like a subway slash uh, shop on the other side. It was, it was a, it was a dual business. And you talk about um, hard knocks. 
So to answer your question, I'm telling you all that to say I had no idea what I was doing. I jumped in and literally it was a roller coaster ride just trying to figure out like what the heck does cash flow look like and dealing with employees and uh, really dealing with customer service and people. And I mean, it was a fire, dude. And we did that for uh, uh, eight years. Wow. So wow, that, 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 but that's what you have to do, right? I mean, um, you know, there's a, there's a book by Richard Bach called illusions. Have you ever heard of it? I have it. I'm writing it down uh, right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you. So when I was a kid, they made us read, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, right? A seagull that wanted more than just, um, than, than seagulls have. Right. And, um, so Richard Bach wrote that writes this book called illusions. And in the very beginning, um, it's, uh, there's a story and it's a handwritten story. I think it's kind of cool the way he does this in some of his books. So the story is about this creature that is, lives in a, in this crystal stream and they cling to the rocks and the roots in the stream and the, and the stream brings them everything, right? I mean, everything that they need to, to eat and to survive. And he, this little creature says, you know, I'm going to let go. I wonder what would happen if I let go and just see where this stream takes me. And um, so he, the, the other creatures laugh at him and ridicule him and say, you know, if you let go, this stream that you worship is going to pound you against the rocks and batter you and in and, and the current. And surely you're going to die. And he says, if I stay here clinging, I'm going to die of boredom. So he lets go. And sure enough, the, you know, he's caught up in the, in the rapids and he's bounced against the rocks and everything else. But eventually he kind of, the stream lifts him up and he's flying down the stream in a little ways down the stream. There's another village of these creatures and they yell out to him, Messiah, come to save us a creature like yet us yet he flies. And he, obviously says, I won't ruin the rest of the story for you, but he says, I'm not a Messiah. Right. And, and so I think that's what happens is when people haven't, you know, kind of uh, broken away from the herd and they see people that have, they see them in awe and they don't realize they didn't get to see the the beating and the battering that they took in the very beginning, you know, and it's, it's just kind of a cool story um, about breaking away. I want to say something to that. And I think so many times people don't realize there is war stories behind every good success. There is, And, yeah. and I think what people need to realize is, is you're going to fail and you need to be okay with failure because all of us have, but failures don't define you. That's right. And, and I think that's really important for, people to grasp that like it is okay to fall flat on your face. It's not okay to stay there laying in the dirt, crying about it, suck it up, get up and move forward and learn something because you know, so many times when when you tell those stories and I think about, I'm very faith open about my faith and and stuff like that. And I think what people don't realize is if, if you look through the Bible, um, some of the people that are renowned that people look up to, if if you've been in church a while, so you got like, uh, Abraham, Moses, uh, David, um, any of the disciples, which crack me up, if you really look at, you got tax collectors, thieves, um, businessmen, when you look at all of their stories, 
every single, and they're all renowned today, right? Um, in Hebrews, it talks about they're a cloud of witnesses. Okay. Yeah. If you look at their stories, they were massive failures. David is one of yeah. the most renowned in, in multiple religions. People look up to King David as Old Testament, man. He was an adulterer, a murderer, um, and, and really screwed up, but he had a heart that says he went after God and, and he loved the Lord and, and repented obviously and changed his ways. But look at those are massive failures. And if, yeah. had he stayed in that failure, he wouldn't be the, the person that we know of him today. And I say that to the, the whoever's listening today that like, just go for your dream, realize yeah. you're going to fall flat on your face, learn from it, and then just keep moving forward. Absolutely. You know, you just, uh, you just touched on a couple of things that I love is I think about Moses and, you know, when God came to Moses, Moses is like, you know, look, I'm not well-spoken. I'm, by the way, I'm paraphrasing. I am horrible at oh, remembering I'm details. Oh, I paraphrase all of you. Even when I speak so, in church, man, it's hilarious. I'm like, this is John Fuller's version, so please excuse me. Yeah, I love that because because I know I'm going to butcher this right here. But, but he basically says, God, I'm not, I'm not the guy to get this message out to people. You know, like, I'm not well-spoken. I don't speak well. I don't, you know. It's not me. Maybe my brother should do it. You know, like yeah. And uh, and and you know, you, you you think about that. It's like um, I just that's where when you read the Old Testament. I mean, a lot of the things in the Old Testament, like you said, these people that you know, when you look at them at the end, not the beginning of their story. You know, it's it's amazing. And there's by the way, there's a great book called Chase the Lion. And it's, uh, uh, I just had him on my show. He's been on my show twice. Uh, Mark Batterson. Yeah, man. Yeah. What, and if you haven't read the story, um, is it Abadiah? Is that how you say it? Uh, that is right. I don't know the story you're going yeah. into, but yeah, it's Abadiah. Yeah. So Abadiah chases, it's a really brief reference. He chases the lion into a pit with a spear. And on a, on a, and I think it says like on a wintry day or a slipper, you know, and, and, and he's into this slippery pit and kills the lion. Now, you know, lions are trying to kill us that are trying to kill him to, to, you know, he's trying to be lunch. Right. And he, can you imagine chasing after a lion with a stick? Yeah. No, I'd be nervous with a handgun. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, and heck I would get nervous if it was a bear, let alone a lion. Right. (laughs) I mean, so to me, that visualization is just amazing. But I got to, anytime I talk about the Old Testament, I got to talk about um, um, the, probably, it, well, it was the last uh, Bible lesson of many that my uh, great friend, R. Nelson Nash, right before he passed last March, he, he taught me, I said, I said, Nelson, in, in, um, I, I said, I'm reading, trying to read the Bible in a year. And I start, I, I think I did it wrong. I know they say, you know, don't just start at the beginning and read through it. But I thought that's what I'm going to do. And I am dragging in the Old Testament, Nelson. I'm just, man, I am struggling every day doing my reading. I'm like, I don't even like my brain is just like phasing out. I'm not like comprehending. I'm not paying attention. And I said, uh, any, any thoughts, any words of advice? He said, uh, and he had this Southern accent, which I just loved, and I'm going to butcher again here. But he, say, he said, Jim, you, under, you have to understand the problem before you can understand the solution. And he said, the Old Testament is the problem 
the New Testament is the solution. And that was a great lesson, man. That yeah, was, you know, s- simple right there. And uh, so when I think of that, you look at this force, right? And, it, and, and the Bible talks about it all the time. This force of God that wants good for us, that wants success, that wants prosperity. And, and but, but God has to teach us. It's kind of like Francis Chan's uh, analogy of the silversmith you know, is God stirs that, that vat of silver and like the silversmiths would taking the impurities, getting rid of them until he sees his image in us. Right. And, and that's like the silversmiths would do is they would, they just stir it, heat it, get rid of the impurities, get rid of the impurities until it's pure and they can see the reflection in it. And, and, um, Francis Chan uses that as, as a, as a uh, analogy of what God does with us. So you have to get the stirring, man. The stirring happens that failure and setbacks and challenges and, and stress and all that. It happens until you do one thing. And when you do one thing, which is just let go and know that this force of God is leading you where God wants you to be. And, and it's going to be probably, not probably, it's going to be a lot better than what you could imagine in your own little brain. Um, then you just let go and say it's going there. Yeah. There, um, I just recently, and I don't know if we'll get into it or not, but I just, um, wrote a book that's coming out in March called speaking God's frequency. And it had a bunch of big name contributors right to it. But one of the chapters, which is four is on obedience. And, um, yeah. I've had more feedback from that chapter. Uh, I've had a lot of people read it to give us feedback uh, before we launch it. But the thing we don't realize is God wants us to succeed. But like you said, there's, there's a stirring, there's a, you know, there's a, a purifying that needs to happen within us to get us where God needs us to go. Yeah. And I think what a lot of times people don't realize is God is not, and this is how I viewed him. So I'm talking from a place of I've been there to now I'm on the other side, but I used to view God as, you know, this guy with this big white beard and robe and a stick ready to hit me every time I did wrong, if I didn't obey. And, and I viewed the 10 commandments that way. And the problem with that is, is it was such a skewed mindset because understanding that God is love and that he deeply loves us. What he's trying to do is bring us back into position the way he intended for us originally, which if you go back to Genesis in the garden and when we align ourselves with what he desires for us, everything just starts to flow and it starts to come to us because we're walking in his blessing. We're walking anointing. We're walking in favor And it's not that he's sitting there being like, don't do this, don't do that. It's more like, hey, I'm trying to get you to go take this road because if you do, this is the road I designed for you. And so many times, like I did, we try to fight that and be like, no, I want to do what I want to do because I think I know what's best. And what I love about what God is, is he's like, okay, if that's what you want, I'll let you do it. But the whole time he's constantly wooing us, trying to steer us back until finally, like me, I hit so many walls and I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden when I started, that's what my book's about. When I started to line myself up with what he had to say, I mean, literally my life, my marriage, uh, my family, like radically changed. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. That and and that's a great way. And what's the book called again? Uh, Speaking God's frequency. Speaking God's frequency. It, I, I love that. Um, and it's coming out in March. Yeah, it comes out March thirtieth. It's going to be on areyoureal.org. But we got we did a huge conference last June. Uh, we're giving away like. Uh, if you buy the book, uh, there's a bunch of discounts and bonuses and a ton of stuff that's going to be on uh, on there as well. So, uh, but you can get it okay, on Amazon. So you can actually get it on Amazon right now. It's kind of a pre-release, but the the big bonuses and all that release is going to be on the thirtieth. The thirtieth. All right, man. I'm going to put that in my phone to remind me. And uh, are you real dot org? What are some of the things that I can find on areyoureal.org right now? Uh, man, we've had some, I'm just going through here, like some best-selling authors. Like you just talked about Mark Batterson's book, uh, yeah. Chasing the Lion. I had Double Blessing. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, I've had Robbie Dawkins, the guy who wrote The Shack, the movie yeah, that you yeah, saw. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've interviewed him on there. Frank Viola, Sean Bowles, uh, Brian Head Welch from Corn, uh, Christian Stanfield from Passion, Danny Silk from... Uh, Bob Hassan, who's a big businessman, uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, yeah. we just had a lot of cool people on there. That's awesome, man. That's uh. Um, I love what you're doing. So go to that website and get all of these things that you can read and that you can listen to. They just build your confidence and eliminate fear. And the only thing that really, and I guess this is what I'm saying is the only thing that eliminates fear is action. Action cures fear. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you, you, you have to just do it and, um, make a decision and one of the ways that I think is kind of cool, John, to make a decision is, is when you have a big decision in your life, if you fast forward, I think Tony Robbins calls this like the Dickens method, but you fast forward uh, from, uh, from the movie or the book, The Christmas, a Christmas Carol, but you fast forward what your life looks like if you, if you don't make the decision. And then you fast forward your life if you do make the decision. So let's just say it's like losing weight or something. You know, if you need to lose 30 pounds and you think, okay, 10 years from now, here are all the possible problems if I don't lose the 30 pounds. And here's all of the things that I gain if I do lose the 30 pounds. And you write it out and you visualize it. And uh, I sometimes do that. In fact, I just did this in the last few weeks on um, possibly moving um, in Southwest Florida, moving our house. So, you know, one is a bigger lot and one is closer to the beach, you know? So, you know, yeah. which, which one do I visualize that I, I can see myself in and I like the, I like where the movie's going, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of like what I was talking about uh, earlier in my book too, is really, you know, sometimes there's just stuff like it's really taking it to God and just be like, Hey, what do you have for me? Yeah. Like, where are we? Yep. And yeah. Like yeah. figuring out, hey, how far is my target? How what's the wind? All that. 
And I say that to say sometimes we need wisdom and really going, whether it's in prayer or people wiser than us to say, hey, what do you think about this? And, and, then, and then making a decision and moving there that makes sense, that's best for not just myself, but for everyone. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. One, when I was in Denver, and you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, and I'm living in Denver, and um, I thought, you know, God, let's, let's go to a, a warmer climate. Like, you know, help me figure out opportunities. Show me the path to a warmer climate, Arizona, Texas, Florida, somewhere like that. And God said, South Dakota. I was like, no, you know, like, come on. Like you ain't listening to me, Lord. I said warmer. Yeah. You're not (laughs) listening. That's, that's, that's not warmer. That's colder. You're going in the opposite direction of what I want, Lord. And, uh, but it was the greatest blessing that, that we could have ever had as a family. And, 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 and the funny thing is, is even when we were impatient, God said, okay, you're going to get a, we're going to, we're going to get you a part-time house in Florida. Right. And, uh, and it's just been great. And it's in, and I laugh because, you know, when I was in my mid twenties, I would have never done that. I would have just fought it. I would have just, you know, I would have suffered through it, right? No, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to South Dakota. I'm not crazy. And uh, as you get older and you and you listen to God more, then you go, all right, all right, let's, if it's South Dakota, it's South Dakota. I don't know what you have in mind, but, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't what I was thinking, but I, I'm going to trust that you know a lot more than I do, so let's go. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's kind of uh, I think that's kind of uh, one of the secrets in life is uh, is 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 that exactly. So what what uh, and I love all the things that you're doing with the podcast and the website and the books and and so you're really combining your faith and being an entrepreneur. And uh, I mean, what could be better than that? Yeah, I love it. I I think um, I've been in church for 20 years and I think um, I've spoken in church. I've helped with youth, kids, men's groups. I've done a lot of different stuff. I've been around a lot of people. And there's one thing that I've seen over and over again is people miss the fact that God wants relationship with us and it's not on Sunday morning. Right. And and what I mean by that is, it's like he wants to show up in our marriage. He wants to show up with us at work, in our business, the way we work with customers, employees, and all that. And I think when you allow him to show up, and it's and I'm not talking about, and I would call myself or consider myself fairly charismatic, okay, yeah. if, if you're familiar with that yeah. term yeah. versus, okay, so, but what I don't mean like standing on the corner waving a Jesus banner and showing up at work and being like, hey, Jesus loves you and being like, I mean, I'm just going to be honest and this might offend some people, but I think it's stupid yeah. and it drives me nuts. I'm like, I don't need you shoving Jesus down my throat. Why don't you act like Jesus yeah. and, and be that example instead of trying to tell me and, and I think so many times when we, when we actually act out our faith, I, you know, the thing is, I don't have to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. I can just love them. Yeah. And through that, they're going to get to know me and know who I am and realize like, hey, maybe he's a little bit different. What is it? And, and I can't tell you how many of those stories I have. But when we show up to work 
and we do business the way God intended, I'm telling you, it's like, I'm going to steal your show. The windfall, uh, a wind, it was it windtail. Create tailwind. Yeah. Cre- create tailwind. Yeah. It literally does create tailwind because it just pushes us forward yeah. faster than we could do it ourselves because it has God's blessing on it. But so many times people think, um, we show up to church on Sunday and that's it. And that is not the point. God wants to show up with you every day, every place in every way. That's awesome, man. Um, that's great. You know, John, we probably could talk about this all day, but, uh, uh, let me start the kind of wind down. Um, you know, uh, um, and, uh, but what great, uh, words of wisdom. And I appreciate you sharing all that. What are, what are one, two or three books that, that have made a difference in your life? Uh, and that you would recommend that everybody in the audience read. Okay. So I'm a book junkie and I read a lot of books. That's how I've educated myself the last 20 years. I literally don't remember reading a book, uh, in high school um, or in college. So when I got out, I was reading one to two books a week and I did for a lot of years. This last uh, year, I decided I was no longer going to just read to read. I read to implement. Nice. Yeah. So I read a book on purpose and then I take the steps in the book and I literally apply them to my life, um, like intentionally. So that being said, a couple books that have radically changed the way I do business in life recently. One is called Profit First yeah. by Mike McCallowitz. Um, he calls himself Mike Motorbike. I literally implemented his bank account, his business system. I've done it for the last year uh, and it has been... It is the first time that I've actually started paying myself bonuses. I've had better cash flow. Like it's been phenomenal. So um, highly recommend that book. Uh, the last one I just picked up that I started reading was Total Focus by Brandon Webb. Yeah. Uh, he's an ex Navy SEAL. He trained um, that movie that the guy was the uh, U.S. Navy SEAL, the sniper, uh, Chris Kyle. Yeah, yeah. So, like he was his trainer. Um, he was a SEAL himself, but he's grown uh, a, a company from nothing, literally zero to over a hundred million dollars. Uh, but he talks about just, it just to me was really practical wisdom on how to run business, how to treat people, how to do stuff. So I've listened to it twice now on Audible. And then um, for a faith-based book, I highly recommend Destined to Win. You talk about changing your mindset the way God intended and how he views us. Uh, Chris Valentin wrote a book called Destined to Win. I've literally read it once and I think I've listened to it three times. Nice. And uh, So those are books that have really been the last year have just been game changers for me. Those are great. Thank you uh, for sharing. I'm, um, I haven't uh, heard of the last two, so I'm, uh, I'm on... Uh, um, I'm on my audible account once we get off the, uh, off the phone here. So yeah, they're good. Uh, I mean, they're, I bought the books too. I don't just listen to them. I buy them. Then I go back and earmark them. Yeah. You know what I like to do is I like to, while I'm reading or while I'm riding my bike down here, um, I like to, uh, listen. Um, I put my AirPods on transparency mode so I can hear cars come up behind me, but, uh, um, and, and it seems to be a good way to listen to books, but, um, any last words of uh, wisdom or final thoughts, John? Yeah, man. I mean, I just want to tell people, I know your show's about business and stuff and, and just moving forward. And I just want to tell people, like, don't be scared. Just go for it. Be okay with failure. Know that you're going to fail. Have a good plan. Um, as far as like, hey, how can I possibly get out of this? Uh, obviously, get some wisdom. 
get some help from people and uh and and in my opinion you definitely need to pray about it but don't what's the saying this is an analysis is paralysis and uh, i have the opposite so i'm like i'm like again i'm shoot then aim then or no fire aim shoot yeah yeah and uh so i have a bad i've got as i've gotten older i've gotten out of that but i say that to say man if you got dreams and you got hope go for it god put it inside of you go for it take some action and if and it's going to lead into something and at the end you're going to be a better person you're going to have more wisdom more understanding but just don't be fearful because uh fear as i like to say is like a rocking chair you sit in it and you just rock back and forth yeah. and you never get anywhere i love that that's a great way and if you want to learn more go to areyoureal.org and uh, earmark your calendar. I'm not sure exactly when this podcast is going to come out, but March 30th, it'll be on there to get all your uh, bonus materials. And if if you're a, a quick start and you can't wait, then go to Amazon and start reading that uh, uh, reading John's new book right now. And if you want to learn more just about taking control of your finances and growing your wealth in uh, in a uh, unconventional way, then go to createtailwind.com. John, thank you so much for, uh, for being a guest and, uh, you know, you got me thinking, so I'm sure the whole audience is thinking about ways that we can, uh, with our faith, create business opportunities that are above and beyond anything we can imagine. Yeah. And man, if any of you guys have stories, I love people's stories because I can use them in my books and I can share them on my sermon. So I want, uh, we'll have you back on Jim or anybody else. If you got one, man, send me an email because I would love to hear your story of about how something happened, whether through my book or just even uh, your podcast. Uh, I just, I want to hear it. Awesome. All right, guys, till next time. A thank you, John. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. We'll see you next time. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.